0: Do We Do? A podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning. Hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Steffen. Alongside radio personality Kyle Bogey. Well, here we go.
1: Episode three of the What Do We Do podcast, alongside CEO Dewey Steffen. Of course, you're at. Great Lakes Wealth. I am Kyle Bogey as well, and uh, this is going to be a fun one. Now, I need you to educate me, okay, and all the people that are out there listening, Dewey, on just what went on last week in the market. Okay, we're going to get into that. Is that okay with you?
0: Well, I'm happy to be here. So, yes, uh, Bogey, thanks for having me. We
1: need your assistance, big time.
0: Fantastic.
1: Absolutely, and something that's that's personal to me and very exciting, and and we're going to touch on this as well, the casinos, the sports betting, how maybe that could potentially have a huge impact moving forward as sports are going to be returning later this summer do you have one way of looking at that just yet or no?
0: So we're going to talk about the overall markets, and then we're going to dive into perhaps the gaming industry mm-hmm. inside and, of it.
1: And you can talk me into or out of making some terrible bets on the NBA finals. All right, I'm looking forward to this.
0: Okay, that's uh, <laughs> not what I'll end up doing, but we'll talk about uh, some of the some of the strategies you might want to explore. That's fine. Happy Beautiful. To do
1: it. All right. Well, let's uh, dive in first and foremost on the market last week. You know, the the week began and. I don't know and you can explain this you know maybe a little bit better for me the market takes a little bit of a plunge and i'm sitting at home random guy doesn't know anything like like you do uh, you know dewey but i'm going what what is going on here are people selling off profits is is are there you know fears maybe about something else that was going on i guess early in the week last week what were you seeing from the market what's your expertise i guess on what went on with that big drop
0: so as we've talked about before bogey we don't invest based upon the daily headlines, right? The daily headlines will move the markets in a day, and that's what happened on Thursday. Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve, he came out and spoke Wednesday afternoon, and he talked about a new sense of reality. He talked about zero interest rates until 2022. He talked about that there is a lot of uh, challenges that our country is going to have moving forward. So after that after that presentation and after you know uh, Wall Street had a chance to digest it, I think Wall Street just uh, took, a, took a breath, realized that maybe we've come too far too fast. And we talked about this before uh, in I think episode two, where sometimes you just need to burden the hand two in the bush, take some chips off the table or maybe just uh, rebalance, right? So uh, you saw then again on Friday, the market turned around and was up maybe close to 500 points on the Dow. And that's just, again, volatility, but volatility creates opportunity, but also expect it to continue going forward without a doubt.
1: How is it that the market can bounce back so quickly? You know what I mean? Like, okay, so you had four days essentially where it seemed, you know, down, things aren't going well. Some things were said publicly. There's some headlines out there that, you know, maybe kind of scared people away. And then all of a sudden on Friday, things just kind of shoot back up. Is that is that almost the new norm here that we're going to be seeing with the market the next few months with all the uncertainty that's going on or, or no?
0: Well, day by day is going to be headlines. So the answer is yes, right? We talked about prior 60 days of the market basically going up. There's not going to be 60 days of the market basically going down, but either there's going to be news that spooks the market a little bit. In addition to what Chairman Powell said, there was some news out of some of the states in the West that maybe there's an uptick of COVID-19 cases and that perhaps these states are opening, quote unquote, too fast. So negative headlines or worries are certainly going to you know impact the market. But then you'll have, uh, you know, whether it's tomorrow or next week, a uh, Biotech or a medical uh, devices company or some sort of a uh, drug delivery company talking about some headway in terms of uh, you know a treatment, if not a cure for COVID nineteen, and the market will will soar just on that news. So forget all the other subplots that are going on; those are just two uh, you know two of the many factors.
1: I want to touch on the uh, the biotech. Uh, you know potential investing here moving forward you already you know mentioned it just a little bit we'll do that i guess coming up here um you know in just a second but you know as far as i guess you saw the market soar when unemployment rates were at an unbelievable high and there were what 20 million people you know without jobs so when you say and you already said the market seemed to be a little bit ahead maybe of where we were economically what 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 specifically does that mean for you know a, a, a dodo like me sitting at home going well I, I I just don't really understand that.
0: Well, you had a situation in January where we had full employment and you had a stock market that was at an all time high. Then thirty sixty days later, you had a country that is twenty million people unemployed, second only to the Great Depression of the nineteen thirties, and the market immediately took a drop that would be common sense to that data. And this was, again, a shock to the system. Some call it a black swan, which is an event that you really can't predict or prepare for. But all that to say, we had the 20 million plus unemployed. The stock market is down 30 to 35% of the Dow in a very short period of time. And then what happened from there? Maybe a few million people got jobs back in the last 30 days, so after several months of figuring out life and where we go. But the stock market didn't just move up a little bit and figure itself out. It came roaring, screaming back, a V-shaped recovery. The NASDAQ is actually up on the year and the other two indices were basically close to even before you know what happened late last week so there's a disconnect between an economic recovery and a stock market recovery and so you can discuss why the stock market's moving differently than the economic recovery and uh i'm sure we're going to get into it in the show
1: there's a few different ways i guess of you know looking at what is going on in the country. And you you mentioned, you know, potential spikes, you know, with COVID-19 cases, you know, potentially going up mostly on the West Coast so far. And we'll see if that continues to be a trend here as states have just opened back up and, you know, things are are kind of slowly attempting to get back to our new normal here over the next calendar year. But I I guess along those lines, are there certain industries that right here, right now, will be a, a strong investment? Something to really think about and consider moving forward As we just start to, again, find out what is going to work, what are normals going to be if there's a second wave? Are there things that, I don't want to say untouchable, but that that could present some real positivity when it comes to investing?
0: Well, you have to decide if you're trying uh, short-term, medium, or long-term for that success. So tried and true in the short term. Nothing, (laughs) zero, because you don't know what's coming next. Again, we have a situation where we have a very accommodative uh, Federal Reserve, a very accommodative Treasury. We have Congress that says they're going to do whatever it takes to help out as well. So we have accommodation from government, which, uh, you know, the old adage is don't fight the Fed. So if the Federal Reserve is uh, supporting the situation, which they are in unprecedented terms, then you have the opportunity to invest. But that better be for the long term, because here in the short term, you're going to see things that already recouped in terms of their stock market prices. You're going to see a lot of those uh, companies that the stocks have rebounded, I would argue, past their fair value, and so in the short term, you'll find opportunities, but they're going to be based upon what happened in the market the day or the week before.
1: Biotech is one, you know, that you already hit on. I want to make sure that we get to that uh, a little bit more here because that's something where you have all of these companies. You know, you have universities, you have all these, you know, brilliant minds essentially trying to come up with, uh, you know, the vaccine. How how are we going to, you know, prevent? Uh, you know COVID nineteen, and make sure that we try to mitigate you know some of the issues maybe that we have with that moving forward potentially like the you know the the flu vaccine you know something along those lines. So I guess how do you go about managing investing in, in different companies like that? Is that a situation where you know maybe you just you find a few different ones and lean on your you know wealth management professional like you, or is is there a reason to be a little bit hesitant about that because it could take a very long time before something actually is found that works?
0: Well, the healthcare sector as a sector is a phenomenal investment right now, in our opinion. Again, you have to do your work and figure out if you're investing in individual stocks or you're investing in the sector via an ETF or exactly how you're going to you know, uh, look at investing in the healthcare industry and perhaps the biotech sub-industry. As it relates to COVID-19, there are hundreds of companies now that have uh, you know, started operations towards finding a vaccine, a treatment, or testing. So those are three main areas of focus towards getting a solution to COVID-19. Testing, obviously, so we can figure out where we're at and who has what and who, uh, the antibodies. That's the big talk around town. If you've got antibodies, baby, and you're okay. And there's <laughs> conflicting reports about that too. Some say maybe that you know you do, some say no. It's interesting. Absolutely, right? And that's absolutely part of the situation. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. But on the testing f- front, it's very important. Uh, do you have it now? Did you have it? So those are two tests, amongst others, that are involved in the COVID situation. Then you have, again, treatments. So if we don't have a pure vaccine, some say we could have them by the fall. Some say it'll take two years. I'm in the camp. It's going to take longer than uh, shorter. So in the void of a vaccine, then treatments. And so you have dozens of if not several dozen companies that are working on the treatments. And so that's large cap pharma, small cap biotech. And what's interesting is I believe that besides the companies that find the cure, find the treatment, besides that, I think there's going to be a lot of other discoveries that are quote unquote made on accident. I believe that inside of this healthcare and testing and in science and what happens, they'll come across something else that was just a Oh, wow, look at that. That helps you know, my psoriasis. Or, oh, hey, what do you know? That'll help you know, X, Y, and Z. So I think that that's a positive offshoot that could come as well. And uh, last, with healthcare, it's typically known as a defensive sector. So in recessionary times, in a challenging economic environment, um, healthcare is one of the uh, sectors that you want to look at.
1: How have you seen or, you know, maybe monitored um, certain companies that, you know, say, have to operate remotely right now? You know, there has been a lot of discussion without getting into a specific, you know, company or specific stock necessarily. um, But doctor's offices essentially utilizing their phone, FaceTiming patients and being able to potentially diagnose them, you know, while they're at home. And while the doctor is either at home or potentially in the office, is that kind of along the lines of something to really pay attention to that could be a big, you know, factor in in how we operate moving forward?
0: I believe so. And that industry is called telehealth, right? So within telehealth, that was an industry that, but prior to COVID nineteen, was um, you know looked at as forward thinking and the 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 future of medicine, anyway. So uh, absolutely, as the government tries to figure out what is viable and what's not, and then the hospital systems trying to figure out when they can have patients and who they can't and talking with the state. So all of the uncertainty, having um, the ability to diagnose and treat without getting within six feet of each other is absolutely something that uh, the entire medical industry is looking at and trying to you know, figure out better solutions on a daily basis.
1: So we spent a good portion of this podcast already talking about what you should be thinking about and looking at and what industries, you know, you you could potentially think about investing in here moving forward that, you know, based on what this world is going through, you could see tremendous dividends from moving forward. So what are some of the industries that maybe you should be a little bit leery of and maybe thinking a little bit more about before you start investing some of your money into?
0: Yeah, as... The healthcare sector would be one that we're looking at as a positive opportunity for a lot of different reasons, as we just discussed. There are several industries that we would be very cautious on, if not just fully staying away from. Some would be common sense, and others may not, but a few would be airlines, cruise lines. Non discount apparel retailers. I'll say that 10 times fast.
1: (laughs) You do do it right now.
0: (laughs) Non discount apparel (laughs) retailers. I'll say it one time. Perfect. And then last would be real estate, but there'll be parts of real estate that should boom from here, but there'll be some others that are going to be extremely challenging. And the one challenging may be very much commercial and some retail. So, um, with that, you know, that's a fast overview of some sectors that we're. Uh, worried about cautious on
1: when you talk about the airlines and and the cruise line you know industry specifically is that one where if you do end up investing in that okay say you do want to throw some money out because it is so you know down right now that has to be i'm assuming a long-term play potentially if you're going to be doing that is that wouldn't be a short-term play
0: well it could be if it pops right so if you want to take an aggressive stance, and you really are investing for non-traditional outcomes. Warren Buffett last month dumped all of his airline positions, right? And he dumped them at basically the bottom of their prices year to date. Some of them have rallied 50% to 100% from the date that he disclosed that he sold all of his, right? So either he's dead wrong, and he's an idiot or he just has a different sense of what he's trying to accomplish versus all the investors that bought the stocks the date that he sold them and had a 50%, 100% return on their investment, right? But within that, those airline stocks, even though they, say let's say, doubled, some dropped very precipitously on Thursday. So some dropped, 10, 15, 20% that one day. And they are still down 50% from their highs in January, many of them. So it just depends on what you're looking at. If you saw something that was down 75 or 80%, and you believe that was the time to buy, I don't know if you were buying it to hold it and wait it out, which is what you should have been doing. But then if it jumps up, 20, 30, 40, 50%. You just need to evaluate when were you going to sell it in the first place? How much were you looking to make on that investment and have your sell strategy that's just as defined as your buy strategy? So
1: a guy like me w- would look at something like that with the the airlines and the, the cruise lines specifically and say, I mean, a year from now, we, we should be good. You know, th- things should be closer to normal, right? Assuming that things go along the lines of what we want, there's a vaccine, Life can resume as you know normal. There won't have to be all these social distancing practices. So in that sense, people are going to be traveling all the time. People are going to want to be doing that. So is that one of those where maybe a year from now, it could be something where it goes from being something to be cautious about
0: to being something you should really be looking at? So it might be longer than that. Okay. Okay. The airlines, even if we find a vaccine for coronavirus, okay, and the world gets back to the way it was, from what I understand, I haven't flown since uh, the pandemic, just so you know. So I have no firsthand experience, but I've heard that the middle seat on each aisle of seats, if you will, are now vacant. So if there's six across and two are now empty, do the math. That's a third of the uh, revenue unless they raise prices to offset the business model that they had before, right? So that's a simple, we might all be flying, but there's going to be less flights, less planes. And so they're either the supply and demand makes prices go up, Absolutely, those prices will be fine. But amongst all of that situation, which I don't see, in a year from now we're all back to fly into the Bahamas and to you know I go to uh, Nashville all the time. Yeehaw, get my get my country on. Uh,
1: I got to get down there. That'd be great.
0: Yeah. So I don't believe that things are going to be uh, back to normal, you know, that quick, Bogey. But even if that's the case, you're going to have a situation where these companies all had to get money from the government. And at this point, it was more of an investment by the government into them. And so there's a situation where the airlines aren't in dire need and have to file bankruptcy to restructure, but there may very well be a situation where the valuation of these stocks is not on par with the number of passengers, I should say, and the number of dollars that are coming in day by day and a month by month and a annual basis.
1: Be curious to know and maybe this isn't, you know, necessarily, you know, along the lines of, you know, what you'd be thinking about or what should ultimately be considered when you're talking about investing in companies, but the amount of hoops essentially that companies are going to have to jump through to keep people safe. You talked about, you know, the airlines taking out you know, seats on, on rows. You're going to be talking about planes probably needing extra time to be grounded to be sterilized and cleaned and all of that. Restaurants, obviously, are going to go through the same thing. I'm assuming that is going to be a major portion of your profits and your budget being allocated just to keep people safe and just to be extra clean moving forward. Is that a factor in some of these projections and outlooks and what we could see moving forward, too?
0: Absolutely. So if you're going to have to spend more to protect – It's a hit on your revenues. It's a hit on your profits. Meaning we're going to have to pay for it, probably. Well, (laughs) yeah. So there may be surcharges. There might be increases, and that's inflation, right? So there may Mm -hmm. be an inflationary impact of all of this down the road. Certainly, when I've uh, ordered um, food here locally, curbside, there has been a surcharge. There has been a $3, a $5. And on top of it, some of the proteins, chicken and and meat, are scarce. And so they're charging more uh, for protein meals. But back to airlines and cruise lines and you know even hotels and even these restaurants, someone has to pay to have these increased security measures. There's a cost. And if you're going to have less people that can ultimately sit restaurants. Again, we are comfortable investing in the food and beverage industry to a degree, but within there, the tables are every other table. It's a slowdown in terms of the service and the turn for the, uh, the owner. So there's a lot that, we have in front of us that is not reflected currently in the stock market, in our in our opinion.
1: Now, if you want to find out a little bit more about what Dewey does at Great Lakes Wealth, you can certainly visit the website, www.greatlakeswealth.us.
0: Hi there. This is Dewey Steffen, CEO of Great Lakes Wealth. Great Lakes Wealth is proud to announce a no-fee investment promotion to both our current clients and to new clients alike offering up to one year of investing here with no fees. That's right, no fees. This would be a significant savings to any investor. And not to mention, investors will hopefully be rewarded even more in the long term by investing at what looks to be a generational buying opportunity. We are also including a free goals-based financial plan during this promotion. The bottom line this pandemic has exemplified the need to have a plan and the importance of having a professional team in your corner. Don't go it alone and don't overpay. At Great Lakes Wealth, we provide Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. The sign up period ends on June 30th, 2020, so don't delay. And to learn the details about this limited time offer, please visit us online at www.greatlakeswealth.us or call. and ask to speak directly to me, Dewey Steffen. Again, up to one year of investing here with no fees. Don't delay. Call today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show.
1: I want to transition to something here that's near and dear to my heart. I'm a sports guy, uh, and the last few months have just absolutely killed me. Sitting at home, trying to find things to watch, things to do, things to follow, and I'm very curious about now that, especially, we have it legalized here in Michigan, sports betting, casinos, you know, that whole industry as far as investments go. Is that something where, because we've seen some of it grow a little bit here, even without sports, but once sports ultimately make their return, it, is that an industry that you should really be considering that could potentially see a spike?
0: Absolutely. So there's estimates out there that by the year 2022, Fifty percent of American population would be betting, and whether that's online or in person. So that's a that's an increase. You know, I think thirty percent plus compounded year over year. So absolutely, when you're trying to invest in um, areas that are looking to you know have growth, that's absolutely one of them.
1: Is there are there different layers to that? I suppose because you do have the aspect of casinos and and we've already seen you know las vegas just completely open their doors back up albeit with you know certain precautions and they got you know windshields and all that at the the poker tables and whatnot but is there a difference between investing specifically in the on-site casinos and then the other aspect of it to me which i think is going to be one as well the mobile betting being able to just pull up your phone i'm not saying i do this okay i might a little bit you know especially when sports come back but the, the the ability to simply place a bet on a team bingo bango bongo legally from your phone are are those two separate things or is it pretty much just all in one at that point
0: you know i'm i'm gonna say they're all grouped together but they're certainly different um we're aware that in the last few months without sports um times have changed and i i've seen two recent golf matches one tiger woods and uh, phil mickelson and the other one was Rory McIlroy,
1: Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler and what Ma- Matthew Wolf, the yes. guy with the great swing, right? Yes,
0: <laughs> right? And so let's not forget Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. <laughs> so yes, so the the situation is this even during this period of these golf matches and they I think they had high viewership cuz there was nothing else on and, and and there's all this talk about getting these sports back up and running, but I think going to your phone and app, if I'm not mistaken, recently, there was betting on who would go first in a draft, who would be second in a draft. And now they're talking about who might win. You know, you can bet on who, again, would win the Masters or who would win these golf tournaments coming up. So there are situations where you want to go on-site to a a gaming property, and whether that's for a vacation or just an, uh, a leisure experience, there are absolutely those participants that are just looking to put you know a bet on their phone, and a lot of that we liken to you know short-term day trading in the markets these days as well
1: the industry itself we talk about long-term and short-term you know type of investments would the the sports betting world and that that industry would that be more of a short-term type of thing or do you think that's the long play where it's only going to continue to grow not just this year five years from now 10 years from now 15 years from now
0: well when they first started talking about online gaming or state gaming uh outside of las vegas all of the casinos were up in arms, from my recollection. All of them were very much, no, 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 you need to come to Nevada. No, 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 you need to do it here. Well, I think that they've now embraced that there are so many million Americans that can't get to Vegas or won't get to Nevada, so that now they either have properties in other states, like here in Michigan, or with the ability to have their own online gaming app that does go through MGM and not just through DraftKings or whoever else, right? Barstools, et cetera. So there is a difference in their approach, but also I think there's a difference in the demographic. I'm certainly no expert on it, but whether it's the younger millennial versus the older traditional investor or gamer... I'm not really sure, you know, the demographics of who's who's where, but I think there's something to do with that too.
1: As we wait for the NBA to uh, to come back here, uh, you know, over the next uh, couple of months, looks like we could get a fall NBA Finals potentially. I, I got to bring this up. A little birdie informed me that uh, you you yourself. Might have some uh, some basketball skill that uh, I-, I didn't exactly know about. Is that is that true? I mean, I know you're a tall guy.
0: Well, I don't know. Skill is the right word. Passion <laughs> for. How about that? I do play here locally in a league that uh, goes you know from November through May when there's not a COVID nineteen situation. So it really was a bummer this uh, you know late winter from February through today that I'm not able to get out there and play basketball uh, with my friends and in the league. But we uh, are competitive we have a good time and at the end of every uh, game we either shake hands or elbow or something but it's uh, yeah it's a it's a wonderful sport and I uh, yes I don't know what, what kind of skills I have but I certainly enjoy it
1: Love it. See, I, I used to play pickup basketball. I, I retired many years ago. I, I simply just play golf now. All right, enough about that. Uh, as far as Great Lakes Wealth, what you guys are doing in the community, um, I guess, what, what's what been going on here? What do we have to look forward to? And how can we keep tabs, I guess, uh, on, on what you, Dewey, and of course, Great Lakes Wealth are doing?
0: So we believe in being partners in the community. And that's you know, number one amongst all else that we strive to do here on a daily basis. We take care of our employees, we take care of our clients, and we take care of our community. So, you know, in that regard, right now, we're telling anybody that'll listen to shop local business, shop your neighborhood, please come out and support all of the small businesses in your community that are, you know, doing what they can to survive right now. Um, And then if you're able to give back or able to help out, Go and give a little. Um, our firm has a mandate of investing at restaurants here locally and, and shopping local. We've also done some fundraisers. We raised funds and then bought 100 meals from a local restaurant and delivered them to Beaumont Health Farmington Hills to serve their daytime frontline workers You know, a few weeks back. We also, from another local restaurant, purchased meals And delivered them to the DMC, Detroit Medical Center, for a day shift and a night shift to help those frontline workers. Last but not least, I'm very proud to you know to share that my team here at Great Lakes Wealth, along with some of our clients and other friends in the community, we've raised over thousand dollars in cash to deliver to Beaumont Health in their efforts for PPE equipment for those uh, special workers. So that's what we've done so far, but we're uh, we're really trying to figure out what we can do the rest of the year now so stay tuned if you have any ideas please share them with us but just you know we're all one community let's support each other
1: all right that'll do it for episode three of the what do we do podcast looking forward already actually to uh episode four please uh, if you can't download subscribe share keep listening we appreciate you guys hanging out with us until next time have a good one
0: advice from a licensed professional.